0: I've often mentioned to you that the uh, Mesecta Sukkah is a magical kind of a, a Mesecta, uh, particularly the first part where we're dealing with the dimensions of sukka, and we, we we distort physics. We we create magical walls where there aren't any. We bend walls. We extend walls in in a virtual sort of a way. We actually create virtual um, walls and roofs. It's, it's it's all very very amazing, and some of that we see in this particular piece of Gomorrah that we have on the uh, where we begin to deal with some of the issues that perhaps are the most um, frequent shilas, the most frequent questions that are asked during Sukkot uh, about the kashrut of a sukkah involve these three principles. Uh, the three principles actually are introduced to us earlier on daf Amud-Heh, uh, uh, amud uh, uh, um, where we have the the memra of Rav, we have the statement of Rav brought to us by Rabbi Chia Barashi, who says that the measurements that we use, a k'zayit and a kebetza uh, and so on, are all halachah uh, lemoshe m'sinai. They were handed to us through tradition, going all the ba- all the way back to Moshe. The same applies to chatzitzin; those things that uh, could interrupt the uh, m- mikveh water if one has something on one's skin and one then goes into the mikveh so that the mikveh water isn't touching one's skin. The size and the nature of those uh, interruptions are also halachah Mi Sinai and the same applies with mechitzin, with mechitzot barriers that are put up that to separate one space from another space. All of that is halachah Mi Sinai, which doesn't mean that that we have and knowledge that this was actually given by Hashem to Moshe and Sinai, what it means is these are principles that we could never extrapolate from the Torah itself, nor, nor would the Gomorrah be able to extrapolate it using the 13 principles of extrapolation of Raman Gamliel. We would not be able to extrapolate these things because they take a seeing of the universe from a perspective of Hashem in a way that we just can't see it. And when Hashem gives us that perspective... And enables us to see things that we can't see naturally. That's called halachalomoshi misinai, and we have it uh, going back as far as possible to, as, as we can possibly trace as a mesorah, as something that was handed by tradition. And Rav tells us that these three areas of Shiurin, Chatzitir, and or are halachalomoshi misinai. The Gemara asked back there, but Mechitot are from the Torah. We work it out from uh, various dimensions of the Aaron and the Kaporet. We work these things out. So this isn't Halakha L'moroshi Yes, says the Gemara, that's true. We actually work out the, the actual mechitzot and the shiurim, we work out. But Kiata what the Halakha L'moroshi Mishinai comes to do is to teach us these three magical principles of good, loved, and dofenakumah. Um, Good Asik and good Achit means that there are certain situations, depending on dimensions, where we can extend a wall higher than it is and make it like a virtual wall, or we can drop it lower than it is and make it like a virtual wall. Uh, the idea of Lovud is on a horizontal sense, where there's, there's a covering and there's spaces between, in the covering. We can regard those spaces as if they're not there under certain circumstances. And in this part of the Masechta, we deal with this a lot, what those circumstances are. All of that is Halakha Misinai. And the same applies to dofen Akuma. which literally means a bent wall, is something that saves the kashrut of countless sukkot uh, every year. Because the principle of Dauphin Akuma is that if you have a piece of roofing or other form of non-kosher schach uh, at the edge of the sukkah, so you might have the overhang of the roof of your house, if you built the sukkah next to your house so that you walk straight out of your door into the sukkah, but there's a roof overhang, the eaves of the roof hang over the sukkah, we need dof and akuma to to make the sukkah kasher. That means if the sukkah only has three walls, and there's an overhang over one of the walls, that means the schach is not close to the to the wall. And we know the principle that the schach and the wall have to be connected. And so we use the principle of dof and akuma, which means we bend the wall, and we'll descri- describe in a moment how we do that and what that really looks like. So that provided the non-kosher overhang or the non-kosher schach um, is less than four amot, which is about, um, uh, about um, three meters, about six feet. Uh, if it's less than that, then we don't worry about it. And although you can't sit or sleep under that Overhang or under that schach pasul, the rest of the sukkah is considered kosher. It doesn't take away the wall from that side of the sukkah which it would do if it was more than four four amot. And to get to that point, we use the principle of of uh, Dof and, Akuma. Um, and Another example would be in in many places they would have a um, let's say your dining room, would would have the middle section able to be removed, the middle section of the roof able to be removed. That would still leave a perimeter of roofing around the the sides of the dining room, but in the center one could place schach. Uh, And in that case, again, provided the distance from the wall to where the schach is, is less than four amot, we can disregard that non-kosher schach and the sukkah remains kosher for that part which is under kosher schach. But it doesn't make the whole sukkah pasu. That's the principle of Dof Um How does Dof work? So the same piece of Gemara that we have back on Daf Hay, we also have in Eruvin Daf Dalad Amod And what's important about that, the, the piece of Gemara is exactly the same, that shirim katzitzin and mechitsin, halachan The difference is there that in... Eiruvim we have printed on the side of the daf, Rav Nisim Goon. Rav Nisim Goon is a very important person because he's one of those individuals that we've often spoken about who span eras. He spans the era of the Goonim. He's from North Africa, from Karouan, at the same time and same place as Rabbi Hananel, has close connections with the Goonim in Babylon, but also has connections with the early generations of the Rishonim. It's 11th century, kind of the same time as Rashi. Um, so on the one hand, he's, he's got this connection with the Goonim. On the other hand, he's already bridging into the time of the, of the Rishonim. And so he's v- very important. We have him on Masachet Eruvin. And on Masachet Aruvin he explains the Dauphin akuma and says, Ki nidon ze ha-kotel shel will consider this wall of the house ki ilhu the as if it comes up to the edge of the schach. So, we bend the wall, so to say, so that although the foundation of the wall is in the right place, is where it is, the top of the wall moves from the edge of the sukkah to the edge of the schach, thereby cutting out the piece that has non-kosher schach on it. So, it's as if the wall is is slanting uh, and comes from the ground where the wall currently is, but it then... Extends to where the schach starts, so that the wall does serve the purpose of connecting the edge of the schach to the ground, and that's how we're defining wall in this in the sense of the dofen akuma. The wall is not just a vertical um, barrier at the side of the sukkah. Um, the, a wall maybe isn't fully vertical. What's important about the wall is it connects the end edge of the schach with the ground. So this wall, which which extends vertically and hits the edge of the house and then there's still a couple of, of an, an, a, two or three of cement or steel or whatever before the schach starts. We bend the wall in such a way that the top of the wall comes to the point where the schach starts and that non-kosher schach, the steel or the cement, is actually outside of the sukkah space. Rashi on our uh, Mishnah On Daf Yudzai Namadalev says that can't be the way to explain Dauphin Akuma. The way to explain Dauphin Akuma has to be that it's as if the wall, let us say, for example, the Schach is, let us say, three meters off the ground. So the roof of the Sukkah is three meters. And you have walls around it. One of the walls hits this non kosher Schach at three meters. And then the non-kosher schach is one meter horizontally before the schach starts. The idea, says Rashi, is that we consider the wall to have been built not three meters but four meters and to have bent over. So we bend the wall, meaning that that area of schach pasul, that meter of non-kosher schach, the cement or the steel, is considered actually part of the wall. It's as if the wall is folded down. And part of the wall is now the, the lip of the, of the ceiling, the edge of the ceiling, uh, after which the schach starts. And we treat that part of the ceiling as wall, not as roof. If we treated it as roof, it would be schach pasul, and it could make the whole sukkah pasul. But since we treat it as wall, it doesn't make the sukkah pasul at all. The sukkah starts where the schach starts, and we just ignore that, that particular area. It's interesting that Rashi goes to the trouble of describing how it works differently from the way that Rav Nisim Goan does, although there doesn't seem to be a major halachic difference. Maybe there is because the Rambam clearly learns it like Rashi, not like Rav, Nisim, like Rav Nisim Goan. But it seems important to Rashi that we can actually picture how this works and what the mechanism of this halachal motion Misinai is. And in both cases, what it really means is that the Torah is defining a wall, and Halachar Halachon is defining a wall as connecting the edge of the schach with the ground, uh, and that's how Dauphin Akuma works. What's interesting, if we look at it very metaphorically, uh, on this whole sugya, that it, it's quite interesting. The first thing that's interesting is we learn in the sugya that when we're dealing with schach pasul in the middle of the sukkah or on the edge of the sukkah, there are two kinds of psulim we're talking about, two kinds of non-kosher schach. The one is air, just empty space, and the other is material which is not allowed to be used for schach, uh, pasul material. And the difference between them is that air uh, it makes, it makes the schach pasul if there is um, four tefachim four, four of air, but if there, is, um, if there is proper schach pasul, like uh, metal or whatever we're using instead of, instead of branches, instead of gidulei karka, then even just three t'vachim would make it pasul. So we see that the schach pasul, real material that isn't allowed to be used, such as metal or, or, or whatever, um, is more severe. Than air. E. Air e is okay up to four tvachim and schach pasul is only okay up to three Tfachim, which is interesting because the Shach represents, we, we talked about the spirituality and the Shechina, the presence of Hashem, it, it represents halacha, all the complicated halachot of Shach, And when it comes to halacha, not keeping the halacha is not as bad as artificial halacha. Of inserting ideas into halacha that are not authentic, that are not natural, that are not real—that's even worse. So that we see uh, and, and and we can learn interesting ideas from these very uh, kind of linear quantified halachot that we're dealing with in this particular part of sukkah. And when it comes to dof and Akuma as well, I think there's something really interesting to learn. And that is one would think that if we're going to create virtual extensions and bendings and do all sorts of magic with the dimensions, it would be easier to do that with the schach, which is already a halachic concept, rather than with the walls, which are physical engineering concepts. And to bend the walls seems to be so much more far-fetched than bending the schach or extending the schach. But if we think of the walls as human effort, as as the physical world in which we operate, and we think of Schach as the laws of Hashem, as the laws of the Torah, then we see that when there there isn't a connection between our efforts, between our lives, between the physical world, and the world of Torah and Halacha, represented by the Schach, when they don't connect properly, what you stretch, what you bend, what you extend, Is the physical world is your life you don't bend and extend the halakha the halakha stays as it is The stays as it is where it is but these physical walls as rigid as we think they are can be bent and can be extended and can be applied to make sure that they connect and in the same way with our lives we've got to be willing to extend and to stretch and to bend and to do whatever we need to do to connect ourselves to halakha but never to expect halakha to bend connect to us.